Hi, I'm Jillian. I'm Olivia. I'm Holly, and you're listening to the Be Well Cartel podcast. Your go-to weekly podcast for women who want real, practical advice on food, fitness, and everything in between. And a healthy dose of dad jokes. What's up, OP? We're back again. We're back again. Oh, I had like Backstreet Boys in my head. What is the song? <laughs> Backstreet Street Back. back. <laughs> All right, yeah. I was waiting. I was like, oh, she's going somewhere with this little fancy tune she's got going on. Um, well, you know what? It's okay. We, you, I guess. I think you. Were, I think you were going for a bit of like a Savage Garden vibe, but with Backstreet. Oh, Street. good call. Yeah, Savage Garden. Yeah, nice. Um, how are you, Holly? I'm excellent, and I think we're gonna we're gonna kick off the potty today with a high and a low from each of us, and then roll into some Q and A's today. So yeah. I'll start off with my my high for the past week was that Kevin, who's probably listening outside, what up, Hi, Kevin? Kevin. Um, Hi. <laughs> uh, took me for a super nice massage at this spa in near the Golden Gate Bridge on the other side in South Salito, which is a very like nice, relaxing area um, last week. And it's probably like either the best massage I've ever had or like the second best massage I've ever had, which is like, we've lived in it. We both live in Asia. We've had a lot of massages. And it's always nice when you get a really expensive massage that you're like, oh, you were worth being expensive. Good job, massage. So that was really awesome. Um, and then my low of the week, to be honest, it's been a pretty good week. And so when I do my lows related to sleep, I always think of you, Olivia, and I'm like, well, in context, it's not that bad. But, um, this week, another good thing I did was I went to this, um, women's jiu-jitsu class at like the Half Gracie headquarters in, in San Francisco, which is like the big gym that's like our uh, like my coach is like from the health grace gym so we're allowed to go train there if we want to go and one of my friends from Beijing now trains there and other girl at the gym she's about to go traveling and she wanted to meet her because they're the same level and they both want to compete and I was like you guys should train together anyway so I'm like roped myself into the situation of going there to introduce them and I thought how fun I'll just go train one time in the evening it'll be okay and then had like oh just the most horrible horrible sleep like could it like fell asleep and then woke up two hours later and I was awake for like hours and it was so bad I had to like move into the other room and just sleep on the couch so I was like thrashing around and I was like this is why this is why I don't do this to myself Mm. every now and again I have to have like a little bit of like real life reinforcement to remind me that training in the evening does not work for my body at all and uh yeah it, it wasn't um it wasn't the best night uh of all time but I suppose a good lesson <laughs> came yeah. from that. keeping you on your toes right yeah yeah, yeah exactly but, but I think that what's so cool about that is that your bait what your baseline is for sleep now and to experience True. like a night like that and be like oh my gosh this actually used to be my norm like this kind of stuff used to be my baseline and that is so weird isn't it but it's also like that's what made it makes it feel worse I think yeah. is that like 
when I was there, like trying to get back to sleep and my mind was just racing. I was like, wow, I remember feeling like this, mm-hmm. like every, waking up and feeling like this every night. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this immediate thing comes flooding back of like, oh my God, what if this is forever now? And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the light of day, the next day, you're like, it's fine. I just trained way too late. Yeah. Um, but in the moment I was just like, I can't go back to this. Like, I can't go back to this. This is horrible. This is horrible. This is horrible. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. I just on your sleep, I um this week has been a really bad week of sleep for me as well. And um and a couple of times Ed has said to me, on Thursday, oh no, yesterday particularly, I was so tired, just the accumulation of the week and Alfie not sleeping. And um he's like, just let yourself be tired, let yourself exist in this tiredness. Um he's like, don't fight it, you know, just let it be. And I'm like, yeah. Yep, like I get that. But also, and this is what I said to him was I I don't know what is true when I'm tired. And mm. because yesterday and on Thursday, I was feeling way more anxious, way more triggered by things like on social media and stuff, feeling not good enough, feeling like I'm not doing enough, just like feeling just all the things. Um, and I just had this moment, I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the truth is when I'm tired. Um, and what I always say to my clients is truth is found in rest. And so I just kind of like had this thing of like, oh man, I'm just like in this swirly, whirly place and I need to get rest because I know that the stories that are going on in my head right now are not true, but they feel so true. Yeah, and it's and it's tough for you. Like, you know, at least for me, I woke up and I was like, I feel like crap, but tonight I'll just go to bed at like 9 p.m. and everything will be okay tomorrow. But sometimes when you've got the little hungry friend, he's he's not he's not on board with that plan. Yeah, totally. What, um, were, your, what were your highs and lows for this week? Yeah, well, I think that um, carrying on from that, my low is probably just how I've been feeling. And what we were talking about before we started recording was I feel like I'm in this place of how I felt when I had hypothalamic amenorrhea, where, mm. well, obviously I'm breastfeeding, so my estrogen is really, really, really low. Um, but that is, it's that same kind of feeling, like I'm having more coffee than I usually would. Um, I am just feeling like I'm pushing really, really, really hard all the time. Um, I like my nutrition is not great, like just making choices that aren't really serving me. Um, just yeah, heightened anxiety, just like phys- physical things, like actually going on with my body, but also the mental aspect of that, of just feeling really tired. Um, but on a high, um, a really cool thing that happened this week was, um, you may have seen this on my stories, I did a muscle up. And yeah, I did see that. It made me so excited. Yeah. And then I was like, I want to do a muscle up. Right. I'm, I'm yeah, I, I would have to go straight. I wouldn't trust my shoulders. For, for yeah. <laughs> I haven't kipped anything in a hot minute. Oh, yeah. no, neither. And so with I've just joined this CrossFit gym down the road from me. I've been there for a few weeks. And this is the first time I've actually been like consistently going to a CrossFit gym in years. Like years and so I've been sort of in and out sporadic but um like random drop-ins and stuff like that but I this is just so much fun and I'm like oh like all of these things I haven't done for like actual years like doing rope climbs and legless rope climbs and like butterfly pull-ups and handstand walking and stuff and I was like 
just trying them. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I can actually do them. And the other day I was like, looking at the rings, I was like, I'm just going to give it a go. And the rings are new because it's a new gym. And so they feel really janky and yucky anyway. And I jumped up. I was like, oh, these feel gross, but uh, I'm just going to give it a whirl. And I got it first pop. And then I was able to do more. Um, and I didn't fail any reps. And I was just like, this is crazy that this is a skill that I have not done for like, I honestly think it's up, upwards of like five years and I can just get up there and do it. And I'm postpartum and I feel like it's just a massive testament to strength, like yeah. being strong. And um, even though since I lasted muscle ups, I haven't like pursued like progressively getting stronger because I have been, you know, trying to heal my body, being pregnant, postpartum, blah, blah, blah. But um, I've continued to strength train. And the accumulation of that, I think, has just contributed to being able to do these things. And it was just a really cool moment. I was just like, yes, body, like what a legend. And also how nice to come back to those movements that when you originally did them were like for fun and then became like not for Risky. fun to then go back and be like, oh, I can do these and they're fun yeah. again. Yeah. And I honestly, I see this and I wrote about it in my newsletter this week. And I honestly think that that was part of it as well is that I was just so curious and I was just like, like there was no heaviness with it if I could do it or if I couldn't do it. Um, and prior to this, um, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to get these muscle ups. Like I, I can't fail any reps. I'm the worst and oh, I'm just no good and blah, 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 blah. And blah. And it's just like, oh, it's, it's just fitness. It's just not, does not need to be stressful. And so yes, there was joy and yeah. ease in it, which is the cool thing. So that was my high. <laughs> so different when it's separated from your ego and so, oh my God, it's so freeing. Oh yes. And do movement with it, not dictating how you feel about yourself. Ah, it's out there people. And we're going to answer some fitnessy questions today. Some really cool fitnessy questions. And so I'll, I'll pitch you the first one. OP. No, you know what? I prepped a dad joke today. So oh, yeah. before we do the questions, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. I felt quite proud because it's like, you know, we're on the build up to Halloween now because it's September. So, you know, we're almost there. And it's kind of, a, um, I think it's quite be well cartelly uh, the joke. So, okay. The joke is I taught my pet wolf how to meditate now he's aware wolf oh that's so nice <laughs> i saw it, i was like this is yeah this is a good one for, for oh i just think yeah. about that werewolf and i'm just like oh go you like yeah. your life is gonna be so much better now <laughs> yay wolf yay wolf. um yeah cool oh, and on. on the subject of awareness yes i'll pitch you now the first question all right um so the question is, I love attending the group classes at my gym, but I can tell that sometimes the workout of the day isn't really what my body needs. What should I do in these kind of situations? Mm. Great, <laughs> great question. So <laughs> there are a couple of things with this. First of all, is that there are two responsibilities here. There is this responsibility of you, the pers your personal responsibility, the person who is going to the gym and going to a class. Um, and there's also the responsibility of the coach or the gym to be able to explain well 
um, the intention of what a workout is so that you can take personal responsibility within a group class. So it's the simple solution to this is you. You are this, I mean, you are the solution to this question is understanding yourself more um, and asking questions, being curious, asking questions about what is the intent of the workout? Um, what are you trying to achieve here? What are the different options that are available um, if you need them? Um, and being brave enough to actually ask those questions, which isn't always an easy thing, especially in a group setting. Um, so I think that there are two things there. As a trainer and a trainee, there are those responsibilities there. But from that, I think that um, there is, first of all, having awareness within a group setting. So being able to assess your biofeedback um, before you start your workout. So even bef before you go in, do your own kind of assessment with you know, where you're at. Like if you're going into a class that's like high intensity, just having the awareness of where you're at that day at that time is going to set you up well for going into that class first. Um, and then the second thing is responsibility, like I've talked about. So paying attention to your effort and adjusting accordingly, you know, asking for different variations of exercises, um, asking what the point is. And the last thing I would say is ego. So if you are being, you know, if you're process orientated with what you are doing and your fitness and your goals and stuff like that, then you'll accept that you'll have days where you're just feeling a bit blah, right? Um, and that if you're feeling some kind of way because someone next to you is doing a heavier weight or they're doing, you know, if you're in a CrossFit class and they're doing something that is the prescribed exercise or whatever, and you don't want to change that because that makes you feel like you're doing less than or you're comparing or whatever, how can you just be really, really stoked for the other people in the class that are having a good training day and just like give them like big ups? And how can you be a leader in that space and be like, you know what, today, this is not the thing for me. I'm going to do this instead. And I think that's a really cool thing when we're thinking about ego within group classes, because that is the thing that can royally screw, screw us up is how can listening to your body and trusting what you need um, make you more of a leader in that space for other people to see that and be like, wow, I can do that too in this environment. Yeah, I, I think the heart of all of it is ego, right? Ego of the trainer and ego of you being in the class and managing both of those things. But it sounds like the key points are basically like self-awareness, self-advocacy, um, understanding so getting an understanding of what the intention of the workout and the movements within that workout are whether that be from your own knowledge or from the trainer and then like yeah the managing egos and if you can nail those down then you should be in a pretty good spot for navigating group classes no matter what the workout of the day is and being able to adjust that for yourself yeah but if, I mean if you're in a if you're in a group class where the trainers are very resistant to you making changes then you might be in a place where it's problematic where you if you can might want to look for an alternate gym or just get really assertive and like try setting some strong boundaries and see if that is enough for 
like you making it clear is enough for them to let you make those changes yeah I think that that is a really tricky one because it is not uncommon in classes like if we're thinking about like a strength and conditioning kind of class where trainers will be like oh you can go faster or you can do more than that or like load up the bar or you know this kind of stuff and you're like oh gosh like can I like do they are they seeing something in me that I can't see and sometimes they can like that is very true like sometimes it's like sometimes I'll say to my clients I'm like okay I think next week we can put a little bit more on the bar because I'm like that is just way too easy for you and um, I know that you can actually do more but that is more on like an individual basis within a group I think that sometimes trainers can resort to language and like using cues and stuff that is more global than individual and so that is something to kind of like keep in mind like when trainers are yelling out um like move faster or um um get lower in your squat or something like that and it's like someone who has like a really big cue angle or something is that might not be helpful or do you know what I mean so um that is where you know taking I mean sometimes trainers can be very like they do know you and you turn up to every class they know what you're capable of and stuff like that but yeah it's where you do have to come back to yourself and be like oh is this actually is this actually true for me yeah and I think our next question is kind of like the flip side of that question um or maybe a progression from that question depending how uh advocating for yourself in that group class environment went um but I think it's a nice lead on from what you said there as well about really knowing yourself um and so our next question is that uh group classes aren't working for me anymore but when I try to work out by myself outside of the gym I find it really hard to work out on my own so how should I manage that yeah this is kind of like a conversation of I think two things is understanding intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and both can be true but if we had that extrinsic motivation we also need to be developing that intrinsic motivation so I think that that's one part of it um and the other part of that is connecting to why you're doing it in the first place I think that um many people go to group classes because they like the connection with people right and this is actually a conversation that I had with a client recently who'd done this who'd gone from group classes um and then to training in grit and grace where she's training on her own like she's part of a collective but she's still doing her training on her own and so she was like I'm finding it really hard because I don't have that connection and that's what she figured out because she's like connection is a value of mine and I was like you can still be expressing connection because you're connecting to yourself. And it was like, how, why did you even sign up for grit and grace in the first place? It's like, ah, oh, it was because I wanted to, she had these things that she wanted to come back to herself with because she realized that she was not putting any time into herself. Everything was going to everybody else. And so this was a way for her to connect with herself more. And so it was like, well, there's your connection right there, you know? So that, and so that is the conversation of like values and like why you're even doing it in the first place and continuing to come back to that. And 
if you found that group classes didn't serve you, sort of just reminding yourself of that, I guess, um, can be helpful. But to, yeah, to just to connect back to why you wanted to make that shift when you started. Um, and also it is hard to work out on your own, you know? So practical, really basic things like, having an awesome playlist, you know, like making sure you're in a gym that you like to go to. Um, and sometimes being in a gym where you kind of like have friends there, but you're doing your own training is a really, really cool environment because you've still got that like group thing. And that's why I love OPEX gyms, like individual design gyms, because everybody's doing their own thing, which is for them but they're still in that collective environment, that fun environment, they've got the social thing. Um, so it could be making sure that you've got a gym where you have friends and maybe you meet other friends there to train, you know, together, but you're doing your own program. Yeah, that's like my ideal scenario. It's like lifting around same. other people. Maybe same. we're doing the same program, maybe not, but just like, yeah, other people being around yep. and then still like be able to do my workout at my pace. Um, 100%. yeah I don't like working out someone else's pace I find that very yeah uh, stressful but yeah I think that I think the connection thing is super common and one of the other things is like sometimes I'm like hey you can still go find a class a week that is some kind of social movement maybe it's not a group like exercise class but it could be maybe you're doing like one CrossFit group class a week just for fun um, and using what we just talked about in that first question to help it serve that purpose without like eating into whatever the reasons were that you stepped away from more frequent group training but it could also be like going to a dance class or going rock climbing with some friends or going on hikes with friends or whatever like you might find that or it might not even be movement related it might be like doing a painting class with friends maybe it's just like you find that connection activity thing in a different place and you might find that if you're doing that that you don't end up with that like sort of built up resentment towards your solo workouts and then the other thing I would say is sometimes I think people struggle with it because they have an expectation of what a workout quote unquote should look like which is sometimes like time domain like oh when I did a group class it was 60 minutes or whatever so my workouts at home have to be 60 minutes too maybe if you made it 30 minutes you'd find it like a lot easier to do your workouts at home and you might get the same amount done in that time because you're not waiting other people and instructors and so on and so on and like for me when I first started working out at home I hated it so much like thank you COVID um I used to put on like a documentary or a tv show or something in the background so that I had you know I'd half watch it but I'd have at least like voices on people talking in the background that was enough to create like a little bit of the vibe so I didn't feel so like alone um so that like yeah, let it be different to what you think a workout is supposed to be. Yeah, I love everything that you just said. And especially the piece about, okay, if the social aspect is the thing that makes you go to a group fitness class, like how can that be found in a different way? I think that's such a, a key a key thing. Um, love it, Holly. All right, so the last question that we've got is... Um, I always struggle to hit the recommended amounts of steps, water, sleep, etc., exercise. I find it so overwhelming. How can I start hitting them? Yeah, and I think we all get this question in like a one of these forms or all of them, right? Like people have the ideas. And so two things here, one would be like 
where did the recommended amount come from? Like, who is that recommended amount written for? Did you get it from a study or did you get it from a TikTok? You know, like there's going to be differences. And when we talked about studies, I think we might have talked about this before, but all the numbers that come from studies are averages by nature. We love looking at these meta-analyses where it's like big studies of like 30 studies and they pull it all out and then they find the, the you know the overall average from like 30,000 whatever's. But yeah, it's an, it's an average, which means like, people are going to be okay either side of that as well whatever that number happens to be like there's nothing magical about that specific number that's put in like the daily exercise guidelines from the government or whatever um and the second thing would be like where are you at now like where are you starting and and based on where you're starting what would actually be an appropriate next step for you because if you're starting very far away from whatever the number is that you've absorbed as the, the quote unquote ideal, um, that could be what's holding you back. If the gap is too big, it won't be motivational. It's going to be demotivating and potentially paralyzing, right? So learning to be like, okay, first of all, I can challenge whether I even need to reach X amount of steps or whatever. And then being like, and based on me, like, what would help me to feel a little bit better than I feel now? Maybe I should just do that before I start worrying about the magical number. Mm. I really think that, I don't want to say this word because I think it can be quite triggering for people, but tracking, I really think that tracking is just one of the most underutilized things with all of this stuff is, and what I mean by that is like literally just paying attention to what you're doing right now, (laughs) because if you don't know what you're doing right now, then you can't, you can't go forward from there. I mean, you can, but that's when you will probably set yourself up for failure and things will be so much harder than they actually need to be. And this is where generic stuff becomes individualized, right? Like steps and sleep and water from like seven to nine hours of sleep and like two to three liters of water and like 10,000 steps, which is just not a thing is that it has to be individualized for you to be able to follow through with it and feel successful with it. So finding your baseline, first of all. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I just can't get 8,000 steps. Like, okay, well, how much are you actually getting now as a start? Um, And that doesn't mean that you have to have an Apple Watch or anything like that. You can literally just like think about how much you move each day and maybe look at the time, you know, do you go for a 30 minute walk Um, and how does that make you feel? Do you feel better when you walk more or do you feel worse on days that you don't go for a walk and use that as a way to kind of track and measure as a start? Yeah. And that might just be being like, oh, right now I only do one 10 minute walk a day what happens if I do a 10 minute one and a five minute one? Like, how's that? You know, it can, it can start from, or or doing an 11 minute walk instead, you know, like you can track it in different ways than whatever the government guidelines or TikTok guidelines or whatever it is that's been put out there that people have absorbed. So yeah, I think, I don't know why tracking is so triggering these days. It really just depends on the attitude you bring to it. If you, if you come to it with curiosity, it's fantastic. It's a great tool. It's awesome. I would say that of any tracking anything can be really helpful if you're coming into it being like, what can I learn from this? But mm. if you're coming into it being like, how can I judge myself using this? Mm. Then yeah, it's going to be terrible no matter what you're tracking. 
Yeah. You know, even if you were tracking, like, how many times did I breathe today? If yeah. you were tracking it, being like, did I breathe the correct amount of times? Like, you know, you form a feedback <laughs> relationship with like breathing. Yeah, totally. So um, I it's think it's really about how you use it. I think it's the word tracking. Like, Mm. Because I think that trekking, maybe it's just because it's like the space that we're in, where we see trekking and it's like to do with like um, macros or like my fitness pal or something like that. And I I track my food right now because I'm working with a nutrition coach to make sure that I actually eat enough. And if I don't, then I don't eat enough. I don't produce milk. My baby can't be fed. Blah, 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 blah. But I think if we like thinking about it as baselines, like what are my baselines right now might be a kind of way to kind of think about it than people that are coming from a place where tracking could have been triggering for them in the past. And this is a conversation I just had with someone this week where she was like, I don't want to track my steps because I don't want to feel like I I'm trying to like hit a target or something like become obsessive about it and it's like but what if you just consider this as a baseline and you're literally just understanding something about yourself right now which is probably the most empowering thing that you could actually do I think also like if tracking does feel triggering like that but you want to get some data it does not have to be done every day I think that's a big mistake people make so like let's take this let's take steps as an example right let's say you find tracking activity data to be a bit triggering for you because it might have been obsessive in the past you could just like track your steps on a Tuesday get an approximate idea of like what the, your activity level was that day to what your steps were and that could be it you know for the whole week it might, you know you might not track again for the rest of the week and if you're doing it occasionally like that it's a lot easier for it to become data Instead of it being a, instead of the tracking being a habit, it's like, oh, I took a piece of data and now I'm going to use that for the rest of the week. Like, do I want to do a bit more activity than I did today or a bit less? You know, it can be like that. Yeah. And just on that as well, if you are going to be establishing some baselines with anything or tracking, give yourself a week. Give yourself a week and you're just looking at the average of that week. And if you want to, you can pay attention to how you felt on different days so let's say for example you are tracking your water and on days where you notice that you had less water be curious be like hmm, how did I feel you know from that on days where you had a bit more water be curious but you can look at those days in isolation but you're just mainly looking at if you're just starting with this you're mainly just looking at the week as a whole yeah exactly it's like run mini experiments instead of being like gotta fix life right now yeah 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 (laughs) cool we did it three questions down I feel I feel we were successful today hopefully you guys also feel we were successful today everyone's Um, the same going like this was the worst podcast ever we're like oh my god we did amazing (laughs) and so if you want to give Olivia and I some external validation um you can send us some instagram emoji gold stars we'll be very happy about it feel free to share this with a friend if you think it might be helpful to someone who's had similar questions and also feel free to shoot us a message on our instagram at be well cartel anytime and we check that pretty regularly and we'll get back to you or you can send us individual instagram messages as well we love to hear from you guys anything else from you op 
Um, no, that's all. Lovely to see you as always, Holly. Wonderful. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.